Welcome to Smoke Show Show. We have the lovely Danny Fernandez with us. Yay. She's an actress, writer, performer. She does it literally all. Um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where are you from? Um, I guess I'm equally from Southern California and Texas. Like I feel my my family, uh, my parents met and got married and and uh, came up in San Diego, and so I consider that a large part of my youth. But then when I was in high school, or when I was about like twelve or thirteen, they moved us to Texas. So those are like my really formative years. So it's hard to like not say that I'm from Texas. So and my and my dad also has a ton of family in San Antonio. So I actually went to high school in Frisco, Texas, which is a small town. Not a small town, but it was a small town <laughs> outside of Dallas. And then it was literally like Friday night lights. Oh that's tight. Like it was like, <laughs> kind of. But yeah, it was it was literally like the the mall would shut down on Friday. Everybody would go to the high school football game. Even if you didn't have kids, you were at the high school football game. What? I was yeah. It was that's the awesome. it, we had one high school. Now if you look, there's like nine. So that's how that's like the changeover now that's happening there. Wow. Um my house was across from like a cow field. <laughs> so it was, it was, I love Texas. I love Texas. And I, I was on the drill team there. I was on like the kick line. And so I uh, had a very like traditional Texas, like high school experience. And then I went to college in Austin at UT. Um, so I'm a Longhorn. And then, yeah. And then I lived and worked there for a little bit before coming out here. Wow. That's awesome. So this episode, we're going to be talking about shrooms. And so we have like this like whole collection of shrooms. We have these dried ones or whatever. I don't know the difference in these two. I, I know that there's a difference, but I don't know them. <laughs> and I've taken these and these are probably the strongest shrooms I've ever taken in my Whoa. life. Um, I bought them from a random lady. Um, <laughs> and nice. then this is like a chocolate bar. And then we have like, you know, these microdosing pills, which I think are really interesting. They're in like these little yeah. capsules. Like you were saying before we went on air, like you can release them. But what's your favorite to take? I'm a big microdoser. So I like the fact, I like having the capsules that you can kind of like titrate and open and decide how much you want to take. Um, I think I have OCD and so I think I have a thing about control and so just taking like an obscene amount of like shrooms I don't know is my vibe <laughs> I've always been an edibles person though because I know we were talking about when I was coming on that I like I love edibles I'm just have been weaning on and off be um from different medicine that I'm taking but I'm such a big proponent of shrooms and how they help your brain i took them for depression for over a year when was the first time that you ever had shrooms first time i ever had shrooms was recently i would say it was like two years ago oh, yeah it was wow. about two years ago and it was i forgot who told me but i i had just i was i've done everything to guinea pig my brain for depression um and that includes I did something called TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is where they put electrodes on your brain and they stimulate. It's science. It's like a doctor that does it. cool. It is. It's like an alien experiment. And so they stimulate under stimulated areas of your brain. It's also now being covered by insurance a lot of places. But um, UCLA did a ton of uh, WGA insurance. Yeah, WGA <laughs> insurance helping my brain, helping I'm my dead. brain. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm the type like the 
trauma, I'm very open about trauma and the trauma that I have, I, I think talk therapy helps a ton, but it only helps to some extent. And a lot of us need an extra something else to help us get get to the next chapter that we want to get to or, or heal some of these things that are just not healing with talk therapy. And so I did TMS um, and that, that was great. I did enjoy doing it. Uh, I've also done clinical ketamine with a doctor. Wow. <laughs> Is it the same as normal ketamine? Have you taken? No. Oh, wow. So street or special K or whatever is like street, street. I feel special K kids. I feel like such a, such a, um, I love ketamine. Hey, fellow teens. <laughs> hey, fellow teens. Um, I did clinical ketamine at, um, at a doctor's office and it's an IV infusion and they typically want you to do six sessions oh, wow. of it to feel the full effects. It was not for me. It was not like, I actually felt worse from it. I, I actually felt worse from it, but I know that it saved people's lives. Ketamine had like like done, you know, professionally or medically has saved people's or even not may, medically maybe um, has still saved people's lives. So anyway, so I finally got to this point where I was like, what else can I do to try to help um, help help heal my brain? And shrooms helped me so much. I started microdosing. And uh, that means I would take uh, one day on and like two days off. And I was still able to be in my writer's room. I was still able to like function and write. And um, with ketamine, are you not allowed to like? I would say that day, I would say that day you're, you're drought. Like I was drowsy AF and I would just be like in my bed and kind of feeling worse because it's a. I remember my mom was like, isn't that a horse tranquilizer? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm really about doing anything that helps you, that you know, I'm really close and pay attention to my body. I'm really about anything that helps you heal um, and is not making things worse. So the fact that I did both, I mean, not the shrooms, but the fact that I did that with ketamine with a doctor made me feel good that it was somebody that was tracking my progress yeah i have only taken it recreationally like as a party drug it's very how did you take it uh i think i snorted it yeah I, i'm curious about the lozenges i'm like that's that's that seems nice just having like you know a chill morning with like some iced coffee and a ketamine lozenge <laughs> uh i yeah i'm dead like for me it, it sort of felt like i was drunk yeah and so i liked like I don't like drinking, so I like feeling drunk, mm. but not having had drink. But yeah, yeah it was just, it was like traumatizing. <laughs> Are there other drugs that make you feel drunk, other than alcohol? No, just ketamine. Wow, that's why okay. I like it. I've had like versions of ketamine. Yeah, that's like not quite ketamine. They're like you know um, designer drugs meant to oh, be like ketamine. Right. But yeah, it's still like ketamine <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day, and that's the only thing that makes me ever feel drunk. Um, how does you, how, how, because you're such a big proponent of different types of weed, like how does that make you feel? Like what are the ones that you, you find that you gravitate towards? I do not smoke, uh, indica or I don't smoke sativa. I'll only okay. smoke indica. Cause when I smoke sativa, I get crazy panic attacks. Mm. What about you? Do you prefer indica or sativa? Um, I guess I haven't really noticed that big of a difference. My main thing that I was doing was just taking um, whatever edibles that I could to to chill. And I still have a bunch in my um, at, at home that I would just take for, to 
unwind. But the thing about weed for me is it's a central nervous system depressant, right? And so for me, I, I think that I think that's what it is. And so I, which is great because it helps. It helps like, you know, so that's why a lot of people do take it for anxiety or at least maybe one of the strains. Well, only indica. <laughs> okay. Can you look up? Can we look up if it's a central nervous system depressant? Yeah. And, and, and so for me, because I'm already a very depressed person, it would, it would like drop me even lower and it would make me feel even more depressed. Wow. If that makes sense. Oh, it can go both ways. Okay. So, so shrooms don't do that for me. So that's why I started to take shrooms every week was because they didn't have that effect on me the way that we did. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I feel like every time I take shrooms, I feel like very euphoric. Yeah. And then when I smoke weed, it's sort of like, you know, those commercials that they had like back in the day where like someone was like stuck to a couch and they were <laughs> That's melting. That's me. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I would be more depressed because I would be like, I need to finish this screenplay or I want to work out or whatever. And like, I took this thing to chill out my brain, but now like I'm too down or I feel too like low energy to do anything. Whereas shrooms give me like a pep in my step where I feel like, hey, if, I kind of feel like going to the beach and like just being in the sun and like seeing my friends and so it was kind of like this natural little boost of energy yeah i also like shrooms because if you guys don't know having sex on shrooms is amazing <laughs> <laughs> but um basically you are an artist you use shrooms do you think it helps you creatively at all or no i think it helps me have the energy to yes to create and to be hopeful because i think there's you know, we deal with so much rejection in this business and a lot of times it can feel like I just can't, I'm just, I'm just too exhausted to put in more time. I just like, what is the point? I, I sold the show and then it got dropped right? and I sold this and then it got dropped. And it's like the shrooms kind of give me like, let's try one more time though. Like it kind of gives you that extra little like boost that you need to believe like, you know what, maybe this is the one that's going to work out for me. Yeah, that's so real. So tell us something that you're like working on right now, like what you're excited about, any projects? I know that you have In the Static. Yeah, so we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, that was my first horror that I've shot. Oh. Um, actually, I think it was my first horror that I've written too. I wrote that years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and it deals with gaslighting and it deals with um, workplace <laughs> horror which i think is fun a fun place to play in because uh, we don't always see that and um it was a psychological thriller yeah and that's kind of where i go to that that to me is um the most terrifying is like stuff that's in your brain that you can't quite escape and so i think me having ocd which i was clinically diagnosed with a couple years ago was very helpful to be to have a diagnosis so that you don't feel like, why is my brain keep cycling the same thoughts again and again and again? Um, and I kind of did the most heightened version of that with the girl that I got to play. Yeah, that's outstanding. Like yeah. to be able to like, you know, take like something that a lot of people would view as like, you know, yeah. an obstacle yeah. and then turn it into your art. And I feel like that's something really unique that artists are able to do. That's true. Yeah. Um, you also are like developing a new show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I can't talk too much about, but I will say that a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to push through, I don't see on TV. 
Yeah. And I don't mean that in like, a, oh, I'm so great. I mean, like, literally, like, I don't see this anywhere. So Latinx please. representation on TV <laughs> is like the worst. Embarrassing. It's like yeah. that and like Asian American representation, like astounds me how little like anyone has to look up to. It astounds me because we make up such a huge demo of this country. Yes. And it's a growing demo. And yeah, America has the largest amount of Spanish speakers outside of Spain. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to think about. And there's so many of us and so so many from different countries and it's why and, and you know, we have like one show. We have like maybe one or two shows currently on air that haven't been canceled. <laughs> and yeah. um, they're supposed to speak for all of us and they just don't and they just can't and they shouldn't. Um, and so for me, my shows are just like, well, I, my biggest thing that I think we've talked about is like, I want to play in horror. I want to play in sci-fi. I want to play in this. And like, yes, I want to have Latinos in it, but I don't want it to be about them being Latino. Yeah. And that is not what execs want to hear <laughs> ever. No. Um, and so they want, I don't, I don't know why they don't listen to us, but I think they think if we make it about being Latino, then a bunch of people will show up and it's like, and then that sometimes just doesn't happen. Um, another thing that I've talked about is our shows are not, in order to have a successful show, you need everyone to be watching, I feel like, because our stories are universal. Yes. And a lot of times we're, they only market, if they market at all, but they only market to one, um, demo. And whereas if you look at Ted Lasso, which was like winning all these Emmys and like has, you know, a viewership across the board, it's because they're marketing it to everyone. Well, even shows that are marketed to everyone and do well, like still like can meet the hammer, like like Gordita yeah. Chronicles, yeah. like so many people that I wouldn't expect like to have watched that show, watch that show. Yeah. Yet HBO showed no mercy with that show, which is but, insane. But I bet if you were to go to the Midwest, there would not be billboards there. There were billboards yeah. here in LA <laughs> and there's billboards in Miami. Yeah. But are they marketing it in the Midwest? Probably Whereas I'm, I'm sure people in the Midwest, even if they visually, you know, see a different family, but I bet if they actually watched it, they would be like, oh, I can relate to this being embarrassed by my parents, having to live with my parents. And like, you know, those are all stories that everyone can relate to that was in Gordita Chronicles. So that's why that's upsetting to me is like market it to everyone because who hasn't been embarrassed by their parents? Who hasn't snuck out? You know, who hasn't like uh, try to ditch their family at Halloween or get to a concert or like those are all universal stories. I agree. I don't think that people should pigeonhole audiences. Yeah. Just like they shouldn't pigeonhole artists. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to yourself, like your younger self, you know, trying to become the Danny Fernandez of now, basically? There's a couple people I would not date. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple people have cost me a lot in therapy. Uh, could have <laughs> saved me some time and money. Um, what would I tell myself? I think I would tell myself that I am the most worthy exactly as I am. I think that's something that I still struggle with now, where he's like, oh, once I get this acting job, once I sell this show, then I get that I'm worthy now, but I'll be even more worthy because that's how the industry treats you. Yeah. And that's just not It's true. not reality. A job can't make me more worthy and a relationship can't make me more worthy than I already. And the easiest way for me to tap into that is when I think of my little self and I'm like, I see her and I'm like, she's so worthy exactly as she is. And I didn't lose any of that. 
But there's a part of me that's that we constantly have to deal with in this town of like, yeah, but once you book this job, then you'll be worth it. And that's just, I, I, I have to disconnect from that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many people that have like invisible boundaries, you know, for people. And I feel like most of the time they're not real. They just like put them up to have a boundary, Yeah, you know? And yeah. like it's immaterial, like whether or not, like even if you like never booked a show, I yes. feel like so many people are look up to you that like your impact is going to be just as strong. And I always like think about like I look at so many artists that like have never been staffed before right. or never been yeah. like on shows before that have like changed like history and change the way that things are created and I think that's really interesting yeah yeah and also like how dare I put my worth on a job like that yeah. I mean that's like very American it's a very American thing to do oh, wow. but like what the <laughs> but like what the fuck like how that's so gross and yet like so many of us are taught to see our worth in our work and like you said whether or not this ever happens and I've had to get to that place I'm still getting there but I'm like I'm trying to manifest you know like a big acting role and a breakout role and this and that and I'm, I have to tell myself whether or not I ever get there even if everyone around me believes that it'll happen and internally I do I cannot hitch my identity on it on a job i just yeah yeah because and the thing is that's crazy about hollywood is like you see all these like people that have like gotten like a loads of roles and stuff but sometimes like they quit and it's like yeah. oh it's not even worth it like you like so it's really interesting to see like i look at someone like ava mendez who was like constantly booking 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 but she was like these aren't the roles i want Mm -hmm. and it's just not worth the energy yeah yeah I, I remember watching the movie blonde and being like damn who wants this role <laughs> seems horrific. i still haven't watched it oh it's horrible it's like if you want to see a white woman go through it right <laughs> i was just like what yeah it was like one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life it seems traumatizing <laughs> yeah i didn't uh i did not partake so what's your advice for like beginner shroom people like who have never taken them before? Okay, so but but I feel like I'm different because like I said, I, I, I microdosed. So I guess especially if you're looking for a mental health aspect of it, I would microdose. Like I, I don't think you have anything to lose necessarily, you know, just do it and where you don't you have a day off and you don't have to be anywhere or publicly speak because uh. <laughs> I've definitely taken them and then like done a panel or something I'm crying. Um, but but like by then I had been taking them for a while yeah so that's um, way more normal I do want to say the first time I took them um and again it came in a capsule so I have these like 30 days worth of of shrooms um came in a capsule took one and I was like you know, I just feel a little high and kind of like a little tired. I was like, this isn't, this is just like edibles. Like this is not that different. I was frustrated. And then it was like 1 a.m. I was like, I should go to bed. And I start to like lay my head down on my pillow. And then all of a sudden my brain was like, everything's working out for me. Like I love my job and I love my apartment and I'm so lucky and like things are really working out for me. And I was like, is this why people take these? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'll take shrooms all the time. Um, and so that was, that was how it was different than regular edibles for me. And so slowly that feeling does, now it can wear off, you know, like we were, we were talking before we started recording that you, 
if you take too much of them too often, you have to wean yourself off because they stop working. And that did that did happen for me where I had to take a break. But um, yeah, the keys to microdose. Microdose, fuck it. Especially if you're like, what else can I do with my mental health? Like, just you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. At first, I was like taking like two, like I would take them like every two weeks, like an eighth of them, and then I'd feel good for like. I don't know, like three days afterwards, yes. but it wasn't like enough. So microdosing, I feel like if you're consistently looking for something that will keep you healthy, like mm-hmm. mentally, that's probably like the ideal. Um, so um, what inspires you as an artist? What inspires me as an artist? People taking risks. That is my big, oh, I just want to get to a point in my career where I can play yeah, you know, and just get to do something wild. And a lot of times I'll see shows and films where people are like, man, they made these wild choices. And I'm like, a lot of us are weird. A lot <laughs> of us are fucked up. And we also want to make wild choices. But when you're newer, or I don't even say newer, because I've been here for almost a decade. But when you're not, you know, at an Oscar winning status yet, um, they a lot of times will will kind of pare down like, let's do something safer, you know, and I don't want to play safe. My my thing in my career is hopefully to to get to make weird. Wi- you make a lot of like wild choices, yeah, with your art. <laughs> but isn't it fun? Doesn't it feel fulfilling? Like fulfilling? Uh, yeah. But like when you're starting out or whatever, like I'm like a lower level writer. People like you know are like, what do you do with you? Mm-hmm. Or like they're like, oh, I don't know if like this crazy person could be on my show like maybe sometimes your art is louder than your personality Mm. that is my thing so like my art's definitely louder than who I am as a person even though I am quite loud and obnoxious too (laughs) (laughs) it yeah so for me yeah I do like it but then I definitely like I definitely sometimes uh wonder like would it be more fun to be like more pop culture like the first time I screened Crystal and Chelsea in a theater I was scared that people were gonna walk out (laughs) I was just like looking at the exit sign the whole time so that part is like nerve-wracking or like my man titties music video it's like (laughs) oh this is what when people bring it up in like job interviews like as like an artist is always like awkward (laughs) but like you two things one you have to stand out out here there's so many there's infinitely more people here in hollywood than than there was like 10 years ago i firmly believe that because yeah i believe that yeah because you know uh, social media has allowed more people who don't necessarily live here to uh be seen which is a blessing and a curse it can be great um and two you will find the people who value that about you though you'll find your right people who are making weird shit i mean i think when i when i was growing up i luckily had like adult swim and i think that that kind of and tsunami which is why i have dbz characters tattooed on me (laughs) and i think that shaped the weirdness of getting to grow up with adult swim is like why i make the stuff that i do yeah i do love adult swim yeah like they're iconic I love Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is funny because I don't think that when you look at us that we're typically who, they, yeah, the no. demo that they <laughs> thought they were going for and or like, you know, what what which was like college frat boys or like white high school boys or something. Literally. Yeah. It, basically, what are you going to, pr- what do you need to promote? Like, what are you like interested in telling us about or what can you tell us about? Um, I think... 
I don't know if, if people follow me on my socials. I post like as I'm allowed to post about things. What are your I know socials? <laughs> at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M S D A N I F E R N A N D E Z. And then um, when in the static, uh, when we start submitting it to festivals, that'll be great because also people around the country and maybe even the world will be able to attend like actual screenings of it. Yes, um, there will be screenings at different festivals. You definitely should come through if you're like if you see a festival near you, come watch. You'll love it. And mm-hmm. Danny will be here. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything else you would like to add about shrooms, your career, <laughs> and where people can follow you again? <laughs> Anything else I want to add about shrooms? Oh, something I want to add about mental health is just keep keep being open to trying things and don't I know it can be really frustrating when something doesn't work for you. I know what that feels like because there'll be people that take certain medicines and they were like, "Oh, this is life-changing." And then like it didn't it had an adverse uh, reaction for me. And I think it's the same thing with therapy. I just like kept trying different therapists, kept being open to trying different types and I'm a real big like I said, like guinea pigging myself, um, I would be on like Reddit looking up like <laughs> mental health stuff. Like I'm, I'm fascinated or watching documentaries and just kind of, um, that's that by that. I mean, like not doing, not everything has to cost a ton of money to do. Shrooms are actually very cheap. Shrooms yeah, are cheap. they are. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> these in, are $20. It's insane <laughs> that they can like literally change your life for 20 bucks. Um, but yeah, just just don't give up. Keep keep trying different things and listening to. I was gonna. I was like gonna say. Hopefully, not a certain podcast that I'm done. that that does talk about certain. Uh, yeah, listen to this one because I'm sure you talk about a lot of different like drugs and mental health. Yeah, for sure. I definitely need it. I actually have never been to a therapist. Mm. Um. So drugs- I think everyone should be in therapy. <laughs> I I should. Um. Just, just existing. I was going to say in this country, but just existing on planet Earth, I think everyone should be in therapy. Yeah, as a black woman in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely should be in therapy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for now, I have shroom therapy. I mean, shrooms are also great. Equally great. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for Thanks. being here.